You're listening to a 1FM podcast. We are Geelong, the greatest team of all. We are Geelong, we're always on the ball. We play the game as it should be played. Welcome to the opening bounce for the final opening bounce. It's, I guess we could call it the closing bounce as we've finished the AFL season and are here for a recap of the grand final that we just saw last Saturday and talk a bit about trade news, new coaches, all things football for the next hour and a half until 7 o'clock tonight. And that will be the close of our season for football. So I'm Jason Asplund and for the last time in the chair, uh, Bridges is running a little bit late. Uh, I guess that's just that's bridges that's the way it is but of course we've got the stats man here mark the stats man owens how you doing mark how you going jason grand final i wish i could say it was a great one but it was a bit of a fizzle wasn't it but it was the perfect 10 for geelong they're calling it the perfect 10 that was their 10th grand final in vfl stroke afl history and sweet 16 they made it 16 wins on end to end the season with that grand final victory last week look you could say it was a, a boring grand final, but I actually think it was a really good grand final because it had – look, the score was a, a bit one-sided. I maybe would have liked a little bit closer, but I could still also enjoy it from the point of through Selwood's eyes. Um, I, I think that was sort of the fairy tale end for – for a, a, one of the game's greatest champions to go out. And I, I thought when he kicked that goal right at the end, which wasn't a set-up goal, a lot of the times when a player's about to retire, you know, he gets a, a gimme and it's all there, but he earned that. And the emotion on his face as he kicked that through was was pretty clear that that was going to be the end for him. Yeah, look, uh, we weren't sure, were we? But we are probably 90% sure that Sald was going to, call an end to his career and look from that perspective Jason you're probably right but gee from the sort of perspective of being Iris Swan supporter or just a neutral on the contest I I thought it was actually pretty horrendous to be honest yeah well, I I enjoyed it because it was I, I liked the I liked the way that Geelong had been playing football and it, so they've been so close for so long and to not only break through, but to get a chance to, I guess, enjoy the moment out in the field. If you're a, one of the old Blood supporters or a Sydney supporter, you're probably thinking exactly the opposite because what did they have to play for after pretty much quarter time? But it, it, I did enjoy it. Uh, 20 goals, 13, 133 to a lazy 8 goals, 4, 52. And 
not a real lot to talk about from a Sydney-sided point of it, is there? No, it was uh, position. It was, uh, per, well, how do you say it? Precision versus uh, probably panic in the end and like, wow. Um, they just absolutely done a number on Sydney. They just got stage fright. They, they did, and, and we'll, we'll debate the the ins and outs of the game as as we get a little bit further. But I, what did you take of of the fact that Sydney just didn't ever get going? Was it the pressure of Geelong that constantly stopped their run because they've created that off the half back line throughout the year? What changed for Sydney in that game that Geelong did differently that? just blew them away. Well, they just couldn't get their hands on it in the first quarter, could they? I did these stats coming out of the first quarter. These are on Geelong's way. It was 20 to 8 inside 50 to Geelong. Disposals, 113 to 67. Handballs, 38 to 24. Geelong just cut them up with the handball receive. Contested possession, 48 to 29. Uncontested possession, 70 to 31. Swans turnovers, 23 to 17. So when they did get it, they got the jitters and uh, they were under immense pressure and Geelong not only played keepings off, but when Sydney did manage to get the footy, they were under immense pressure and uh, turnovers were forced. So what you're saying is they were running late. Hey, Sydney, Sydney's running late too. Welcome, Sydney the Bridge. G'day, everybody. Yeah, sorry. Look, I was pruning away there. I looked at the clock and it was 10 to 4 and I thought, oh, i got a bit of time. And I'm in big trees and I looked around and, oh, gee. It was just a bit late. Sorry. So my, you, my you were as late as Sydney were to the grand final, oh, well, basically. Sydney did not turn up, did they? No, we just Well, Buddy de- definitely didn't turn up. Look, Buddy was always going to have a hard day. Koenig has owned most forwards all year. I, I think it, he was has been a superstar for his first year and could very easily have t- toppled Dacos for the rising star, if, depending on the, the way you look at it. But... It was always going to be a tough ask for Buddy to be able to beat him. Well, you can say that, but he's their big forward. And on the day, even when he got his hands to it, he couldn't hold the ball. He was just terrible. And the the worst of it is he kept a young player out and he signed on for another year. So that's not going to help Sydney next year because they cannot rely on him in big games. Well, it's he, his first grand final where he hasn't kicked a goal. I believe he's played in six of them. But I don't think you can blame Buddy for keeping a young kid out. Sam Reed. Now, you can go and blame Sam Reed well, for we, keeping a kid out. You can blame him and the coaches for doing that. Was that the end of the game right there at the warm-ups when he couldn't even run? It didn't make sense to play him. He looked proper, you're right. In the warm-ups, he looked proper. So it was he wasn't going to last the game no matter what they thought. And on his best day, he's a good player. On his best day, on an average day... He's not worth a place in the side. And he's been injured over the time and he hasn't carried injuries well. I think they made a major mistake there. They definitely made a mistake. Look, this might sound bizarre. I can understand the logic behind it because if he was like... Well, if he was like 80% or 70% fit and they got two or three goals out of him and then subbed him off at halftime, I could get it. But like you guys say, in the warm-up, he couldn't even move. And I can't believe that he was allowed to take his place because they must have known that he was restricted. Absolutely. They would have given him a needle The commentators two, mentioned it. Everyone mentioned it beforehand, even as they, as they were going before the bounce. You know, they were, all right, we're on Reed Watch. Is he running? Is he walking? He's hobbling. He was. And to me, that's like Logan McDonald, who was the young kid kept out of the side. He's a big, strong 
Franklin type body that could have made a difference there. The point is he hasn't made it in any of the other finals. The week before against Collingwood, he had four possessions. So I can see why they dropped him out. But to carry an injured player that was clearly not running on top of the ground was a mistake. The other issue was Isaac Heaney, one of their stars, had very little. He he made two tackles for the day, and that was about all he did right for the day. Like, he, he... you know, I tipped him to be the, the um, Norm Smith medalist, and he was almost the opposite. I think he was almost the second or worst player. 11 touches, 105 metres only uh, game. No disposals the in the first quarter for Heaney. Yep, yep, and his first was a decent... It was a good tackle. He made two good tackles for the day, but he didn't do much else, and that was a real issue for them. There was other players, though, that I thought stood up. You know, in their back line, some of their back line players weren't bad. Robbie Fox. Played well on January, Cameron. Yeah, Cameron didn't have much of an influence. He got a couple of goals in the end, but he really didn't influence the I day. I thought Chad Warner tried hard. Yeah, there, a couple of a goals too, was good. Uh, just going back onto Cameron, I was listening to him during the week, and they were they were talking about uh, the cow that stole his medal, and the the cows that he got. He he had a mate give him the cows, and he swapped the cows for the grand final tickets. So he gave the guy, guy his grand final tickets and the guy gave him some cows. Right. But the mate brought the cows around supposedly the afternoon before but didn't rock up till 10 o'clock at night. And then at 10 o'clock when he did rock up, the guy went past his place, decided to turn around, got the ute, got bogged. The ute bogged. <laughs> so Cameron had to go and get this guy out. Then they had to unload the cows. So he, I have to then go, well, hang on, he looked like he was... He was worn out before the day. Was a very poor night before preparation. Does it really have that much impact on a person's game the following day? It definitely does. And that's why I complain consistently about the time the you, AFL start their game through the week. You complain consistently about a lot of things. The, the, the f- time they start at 10 to 8, what kids are sitting up and they want to sit up and watch the footy, and then they've got games next day. Yeah, well, we, we can complain about that next year, Bridges. That's so the that, next year. But one. it stands up to what you're saying. Just a bad night. The only other thing I could say in a grand final, though, that to take his focus off the grand final, most of the time players don't play well because they, they, they sweat on it, they worry about it, and they worry themselves into such a state that they can't perform on the day. Cameron didn't have that issue. No, he was worried about where his cows were and what, how he was getting the guy out of a drain. But I thought, well, gee, someone could have told me that he was chasing cows at 11 o'clock the, the night before, before I bet on him for first goal. <laughs> and watch Tom Hawkins kick it with ease. Well, that was another... There. How many times has Tom Hawkins done that? Kicked it, gone the, the ruck and then turned around and kicked a goal. He's done that 20 to 50 times. Had and, he st- and he monstered Hickey early inside that forward 50 with those first two goals, didn't he? In the Why game? didn't they have somebody stand behind? They know that's what he do- does. But I don't think you can. He had Hickey to his back and kicked it basically over Hickey's head as he took it. That There's no time for anyone to really get to him because they've got to give space to the Ruckman. They can't tackle the Ruckman before he grabs the ball. No, but so you, can be, you can have somebody coming in to at least tackle him or put some pressure on him. He, he and they did that pretty quick. It was straight out of the Ruck onto his boot. It was a pretty good goal. The, the other thing I couldn't work out, and I've even had a look at the replay since, is who was on Tyson Stengel? He seemed to just roam around the forward line on his own. They just Swans didn't seem to pay him any respect whatsoever. And he was brilliant. What did he get, four goals? Yep. And, of course, Jason nominated it at the start of the year. You've got to give full credit to Jason. He said he could be the 
recruit of the season, like as a mature age recruit, I'm talking, not a first-year player, and he nailed it. Uh, he's paid him back in spades, hasn't he, Geelong? Oh, what a great season he's had. Outstanding to have turned his career around in, in one season. He didn't sort of have any, any really, uh, how can you say, Bad games, I don't think. I thought he was brilliant all season. I had for him a small forward, it, it's hard, hard for small forwards to have an impact on super coach consistently, but also to have an impact on their side with goals or the small things. They're sort of the forgotten player that it performs one in three weeks sort of thing, and he gets five disposals and kicks two goals, and everyone says he's done a good job. But Stengel was the one who would get 10 or 15 disposals and made use of it. So I think he did really well. Um Let's move on to the Norm Smith medal, if you want to get into there before we break down Geelong. Now, look, Isaac Smith got the medal, um, and I thought that, that was... I thought it was debatable, to be honest. I know he had a good game, and I know he kicked three goals, and he got 32 disposals, but I have to ask about him versus Danger, whose disposals were contested, versus... Um, Isaac on the outside taking the easy winger style role. Yes, he finished, but Danger did the hard work in under the packs, had seven direct score involvements. That, so well, I think you're selling Smith short because he was the fourth uh, most contested possession winner on the field. Um, fourth most. Fourth most. And who was With the 11. most? Danger Field. Danger Field. Yeah, but he was the fourth most. Okay, Danger gave so up his goals. So he wasn't getting the hard balls, not correct. Yeah, how many did he get? What's that? How many contested possessions of 11. He? 11. Okay, and Danger had, what, 19 or 19 20? 19 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a big difference in a grand final, 19 contested possessions. He had only two tackles. Danger at least to, had To four. say he just stayed on the outside and just received the easy ball isn't fair. Uh, I, look, I think he did. He did a lot of that. And if we also look into it, often your Norm Smith is judged, and same with 771 metres gained in a grand final. Yeah, is, is good. Why? Because he's on the outside getting the kick well, going someone's, long. Someone's got to get it to the outside. But someone's got to do the hard work to give him the ball. But someone's got to get it to the outside to finish it. Yeah, Danger got it to the outside, and he was the one that was receiving. He was the receiver in most of those things. 11 contested possessions, 11. fourth best on the ground. or Fourth, fourth best highest. on the ground, but he was given best on the ground. So you're, just go, you're arguing well, that the if, fourth best. Well, if you're best. telling me 32 disposals, 11 contested possessions, you're 32. You've kicked three goals, and you've gained 771 metres gained and 12 marks, and you are not the uh, Norm Smith medalist. Then I'll go. Hey, he was an absolute standout. Look, he, absolute he, well, I'm standout. not saying he wasn't good, but I felt Danger had more of an impact on the game than he did. Not to mention that if we go back to when the game was won, it was won when? In the first quarter. Where he kicked a couple of goals in that first quarter to set him alive. And Selwood had 12 or 14 disposals, didn't he, in that first quarter and absolutely owned that first quarter. 12 disposals in the first quarter with Selwood. For Selwood, yep. So he, he you know, had... Selwood dropped off for the rest of the day and only had 14 for the rest of the day, but did kick a goal late as well. I thought Selwood's game was absolutely brilliant. I didn't think he was as good as Danger or Smith, but, you know, it still could be in the debate there for What, what Norm do you Smith. think, Sydney? Norm Smith? I, would have, I could have flipped a coin on either. I was impressed with Dangerfield's battle and, and, and his determination and getting the ball forward and, and his score involvements. But I was also happy with... Um, Smith's 
impact. So if I'd have been picking, I'm not sure. When you're picking, you actually have a different view of a game. When when you're just looking at it, you're looking at what happens. But if you've got to make the votes on a day, you look at it differently. Okay, and I wasn't making votes on the day, so I just looked at it. And and to be honest, I didn't watch a minute of it. I was working, listened to every moment of it, loved it. It was a great call, absolutely loved it. But I didn't watch it, so I, I, I would have gone with either. And as it turned out, um, Smith got four out of five best on grounds and Danger got the other best on ground and all the other twos. So it was a toss-up for everybody else as well. Yeah, I, I, look, I agree it was toss-up. They were both really good. I just felt Danger had more impact on the game directly. Like, if we look at it, he kicked three goals, one. Um, Who did? Smith. Okay, but the one that he, the point that he did kick, he had danger alone in the goal square, waving for the ball, and Smith's like, "Nah, man, Norm Smith, I'm going to take this kick." Kicks it from 55 out, and it's a point. He could have easily done the team thing. What did Danger do when he took a mark 35 out near enough to straight in front? Had Jeremy Cameron coming on his side, little handball to him, bang goal. Team football and winning the hard ball versus the guy who's playing for me. Yeah. That was my feeling on it, was that when he got started getting on a roll and he'd kicked three goals, it jumped into his mind, I'm going to get Norm here if I keep being selfish. Well, Oh, I don't know. I can't have that. You can't have a I lot of things that, that say with logic yeah, stats. I can't have that. I'm sorry. I so can't. you don't think he but should have kicked it no, to danger? The, fir- the first thing a player's thinking about is winning a grand final, you're not, up, not winning already, the North. You're up by 70 points. That's done. You've already won. That, that was already over. That, that was the, the bit. The question was for the he, whole game. He probably, to be honest with you, didn't even realise the impact that he was having himself. Because they don't run around kicking, well, counting their own kicks or when counting you, their handballs or counting when you're that old, When you're that old and you're having the day out, you know. <laughs> and look, he was having a day out. I give him that. Like you said to me during the week, he was moved onto the wing, which is not where he's normally been playing. He was sent back to where he was when he was playing with Hawthorne, and and he excelled at it. I'll, I'll give him that. I just uh, anyway, we see that we're a bit debated on it. What about some of the other players in the the Geelong lineup that goes through that had a bit of an impact moving the ball forward? Uh, I, I thought that Zach Tui had a bit of an impact coming off of that back line. And, and, and that was another thing you nominated last week. We all knew that uh, Clark had take Stewart, and then Jason said that Tui had become that uh, plus one uh, in defensive 50 for Geelong, and that's what happened. And he was good. Yeah, he was. Uh, I thought Zach Guthrie was okay for a, for a little skinny bloke. He kept his man quiet, got forward and kicked the goal. I thought the, the you know, little bloke, like, that they've never really given a chance. This year he's had his chance, and he stood up. Did well. Uh, Blitzovs, uh, 23 touches. He was good. 15 hitouts um, and kicked a goal as well. Mitchie Duncan was good as well. Yes, Duncan was good. Uh, the other Guthrie, uh, Cam Guthrie, was held a little bit though. 16 disposals only. I, I did expect a bit more out of him, but I guess, you know, not everybody has to get 30 touches. Well, it doesn't happen that way. No, you're right. But they were, they were good, Geelong. It was their system that really did the damage. And so that left us with nothing but cats. And I did go in and get some fuel during the week and Tina was pretty happy and she thought that her cats were well-deserved and that there was nothing wrong with the margin. It looked pretty good. <laughs> oh, well, <yeah. laughs> did she um, throw the 
Melbourne Premiership off the mantelpiece at home and just stick the Geelong one there uh, I think without, that, while Joe wasn't looking? I think she ordered the whole shop to get painted blue and white this week, so you never know. It might not be a green BP anymore. It might be a blue and white one. But we will jump to a sponsor's break. On the other side of the sponsor's break, we'll talk a little bit more about the grand final and then we'll break into some other topics that we've got for the week, including some trades. You're listening to the last show of the AFL Opening Bounce, of course, brought to you by Patentina's BP Service Station, the BP up the north end of Shepparton. Patentina's BP Service Station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP Service Station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. and welcome back to the AFL opening bounce. Lots of Geelong songs today. I guess they've earned more than one song when you win the flag. And you're playing with the oldest grand final list that's ever played a grand final as far as records go. Now, you speak about that. Did anybody happen to see Mad Monday? Yes. Had Mad Monday, of course, after the grand final. And why did they turn up? I thought Dangerfield's outfit was just amazingly good. He was dressed up. As an old man, white hairish, and he had his little trolley to walk around on, and too old was the theme of the day. I thought it was outstanding. I loved and, it. And just to show where we're at in 2022, we had people with no sense of humour whatsoever getting on Twitter and Facebook, and which I've made my thoughts on people that get on those forums in the past, saying that they were making fun of the elderly. No, they were making fun of themselves and the media and commentary. Like, get a life. And, and like, seriously, go yeah. get a life. They weren't making fun of old people. They were saying, yeah, we're old or whatever, but we were good on the day. We won the grand final, and they're entitled to go out and have a bit of it's fun. It's just where we're at in 2022 <laughs> when now that we've lost our sense of humour and we don't have one anymore because uh, that's the way we roll yeah, now. I think it was also a, a stick-it-up-your moment. Everybody yeah. all year, too old, too slow. Well, not only this year, but last year and the year before as well. And, and then it turned from too old to too slow to um, too old, too slow, too good. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I've been, I must stick my hand up to say I thought they were too old to do what they've done this year. They, they did a brilliant job, 16 games on the, on the trot and rarely looked in trouble in any of those games. It was an outstanding season. Well, some of them older players in particular, like Dangerfield and Salwood, they managed them so well during the year. And I think they learnt the lessons from the past a little bit. It was... Game by Chris Scott to actually rest them mid-season. You know, he took a pun on doing that. They kept winning, and uh, that freshened them up for the finals. And, look, they've brought in, like, Stengel, for example, and not just him, but they've brought in players from other oh. clubs. Some of them haven't worked out. Uh, Stengel has. and Young uh, Zach, Zach, um, Zach Guthrie. Guthrie's another one. Um, you know, you Big bloke down back is another one. They're bringing quite a few young ones into the side that stood up and played on the day. But the best players on the ground were the old boys. 
I have to. I spoke about it last week, and you guys said it was it was the opposite. And we had Geelong last. Sorry, the week before Geelong with a walkover prelim final where they had no pressure. They were able to rest, to technically rest their stars in that last quarter without any pressure. Sydney had a battle, went down to the wire again, went down to the last second against Collingwood. That did that really suck maybe a bit more out of them, and then having to obviously travel to Melbourne and and go through versus Geelong. That you know, you'd have to get inside a, the Sydney coaching panel to, and figure out what did go wrong, because it really didn't go anywhere. Anywhere on the day was a, a good thing for Sydney. Nothing went right. I don't. I don't think that that really mattered. I think if if they had to beat Collingwood easily, and they're well up in that third term as well. I still think the same result would have happened a week later. And I think the occasion was too big for Sydney. I think you might be. That might be. That you're right. Then what were we talking about? Also, is Sydney have such a young list? So a hundred thousand people there. It was the biggest crowd they've had at the G uh, for. A, I can't remember the year back, but it was thousand fourteen. One hundred twenty-four. And that must have been a few numbers more than. Um, the, the three or four years ago when they had 100,000 then. so, And I think it might be 20 years or thereabouts it was the biggest crowd since. So it was it was a big stage uh, and they failed. But I think the Cats went in fresh, except for Jeremy Cameron, who was chasing cows. But well, everybody else had a week off. They basically had a week off, a light training run game as a prelim final, and the old legs all went into the grand final without the bruises. It worked. It worked, yep. And this commentary around if Collingwood had a made it, and I am so happy now that they didn't, there <laughs> was no way they would have stopped Geelong in that first quarter, and i got a feeling it would have been a similar result anyway. This uh, commentary around Collingwood making a better fist of it, on what I saw Saturday, I don't think so. Oh, uh, mm. I think that's a, b- a bit harsh to Collingwood. I like to kick Collingwood as much as everybody else, but I don't think Collingwood could have done that bad, could they? No, I, I like that was the worst grand final but performance from a team. things that happened through the game I was questioning. And who was on Dangerfield stats? Dangerfield uh, ended out Parker, played wide of him, and usually Mills gets the roll on him, shutting down in round two. He only got 13 disposals up at the SCG, has had rolls on him in the past, and this time they put Parker on him. That, that was a bizarre move as well. Parker played okay. Uh, but Mills didn't have any influence on the game, we didn't think. No, he didn't. And, and if he's not having, if he's not having an influence, then you should be moved on to somebody that is to try and shut them out. Or bring yourself into the game because you're going close to the ball. The other bit I was concerned at was whenever Sydney had the ball and were bringing it forward, their forwards weren't coming to them. The forwards hung back waiting for them to get it and up. Kick it under my head, waving to the Instead ball to Instead of coming them. to the player... And often Sydney come out of there and they had nowhere to go. There was nothing to kick to but Geelong. I think Geelong have to get credit for that because the Sydney forwards were almost in defence half the time or two-thirds of the time trying to stop the ball from going into Geelong's forward line. They were playing out of position and they fell into it. Uh, Statsman, since... I won't ask Bridges because he wouldn't know what music is, but the... Uh, pre-game entertainment with uh, Robbie Williams and Delta Goodrum. I thought that was spectacular. Big tick. No. I, I think the best since the Killers uh, in, of course, 2017. But uh, I, I thought that uh, they were sensational, both of them. The halftime 
part, though, it got a lot of criticism. It, it did, and it's something I actually missed. I actually didn't actually see it. I want to catch up on it, but um, I haven't seen it, so I won't comment on it. It was only because I haven't seen it. I, I, I watched it, and I thought the artists were were brilliant, but they were not in sync, and it really showed. Um, and I thought it was it was very Australian in the way that it was put through. I thought the 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 quality of it was okay, but when we compare it to what we started with pre-game, it really did fall short of oh. that pre-game part. Oh. But it was a lot better than meatloaf. I didn't hear, <laughs> I, I didn't see it, but I did hear a lot, a bit of it on the pre-game and at the halftime. The pre-game sounded okay. The halftime sounded like a lot of people just screaming and yelling. And that's what it the really complaints were: is that it, well. that it was a bit out of pitched and not linked. They were out of timed. And is it, it that because the MCG isn't the best venue for? That t- like for even like uh, pre-match entertainment and halftime well, entertainment. Well, then why do we go on and like doing that? it? Why don't we have well, a second? I just, a I'm game just going off what Jason's told me in the but past. Why, why do we bother? The acoustics we... sometimes aren't great at the MCG. No, it wasn't the acoustics. It was the tech guys. They didn't have Adam Watkins there to make it work. Yeah, but why do we bother having that rubbish? Why don't we have a seconds game or whatever else? Right at halftime. No, you, do you know? If you I, have little have little league tools to year. Why don't we have I, it at I agree. I agree with you a little bit. I think pre-match I don't mind. This halftime entertainment that snuck in the, over the last couple of years, I'm not sure why we have it. We try to be like the NFL and try to be like the Super Bowl too much. Let's be ourselves. We used to have the, da- the 100 metre dash or yeah, whatever. We had the I'm, longest kick I'm at half time. I might sound that. really old, Sid, but bring back the sprint. Yep. The, 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 sport, the sprint was there, but it didn't even get put on TV or nothing. It was just it was done, done pre-game. Pre-game, pre-game. And it was, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, he won. And I, I did tip Chol to do that. But um, after seeing Chol, I'd already um, put my um, tip on that. Kick. On the, when I saw Chol rock up for the longest kick and he, he'd been talking about um, maybe of having one too many during the week to be bothering doing this, I thought, mm, you're not going to run real good later. And he kicked just the same. The, the longest kick, though, was good. Um, if those that don't have Fox or, or KO, um, it, it's one that you miss out on. It's where they're trying to kick the ball over the Yarra at 75 metres to get it all the way across. And a couple of years ago, Drew Petrie got 73, almost got it right across. But it started, opened up with Sammy Draper uh, having the first kick, and he barreled one 60 metres. It was quite nice into the wind, but it was Charlie Cameron, the Coleman medalist, that took the took the 10k cash home and won with 63 metres or thereabouts. So. But I'd rather that at half time, than, and I'd rather a pre-game than all that singing and Well, I suppose up. the big question's coming out of it. Where to for Sydney? Because sides that get belted in grand finals haven't got a good record to reappear Very in the poor. following year no. and can Geelong do it again Sydney just need to I guess you, you, they've got to wipe it from their memory and well, they all try and do that yeah but, Everybody but that's what they, they've, that. they've got to wipe it from their memory and, and focus on the fact that they are mostly kids and the older guys sorry it's going to be well etched into their memory history says though that 50 point plus drubbings in grand finals are hard to come back from the following year I don't think it's ever happened to come back and play in finals and win one no, I won't write Sydney off for next year. I think that they're a dangerous side. They just I'm not had either. A bad, I'm just saying what history's game. telling us. Um, and as far as the Cats going forward, well, at this point, what have they lost? They've lost Selwood, okay, which will be interesting because at the end of the day, they've made a, almost a prelim final almost every year that Selwood's played football. So 
there must be something to that guy that comes to the club and gets them going. Will him not being there change things? Will he go into a um, a coaching role or something like that there and assist there? I got a feeling he might jump into the media. Have they um, announced their next captain yet? No. no, they haven't. They're probably waiting to make sure Dangerfield's not hanging up the boots as well, and you'd probably think he would I be captain. I think he'll go you? again, Dangerfield, and I don't think he'll be captain, no. Who, who Who's going to be captain then, Bridges? Well, you, you might go Tom back Hawkins? to... Tom Hawkins? No, again, nah. too old. You, you don't give a captaincy to somebody that's only last Well, you see, you say year. that, but I still think Tom Hawkins has got three seasons in him. I don't know. Well, if Buddy has still has time in him, Tom does. I, I don't. I, 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 he looks to me like he's lost his flexibility. He still played well on the day, but I don't think there's three. It might be one more year in him, but that's all. But normally you would give the captain to somebody that's got at least three or four years going in it. But so see, you may go back to a, a Cam Guthrie. Or Does he some, have that far in him, though? He's he, only 28, 29. That's right. He's and still he, at the end. But what about at Geelong, that's four or five years to go. What about by clubs? Our man. Again, 29, 30. Doesn't act like a captain on the field, though. I think your captain's got to be somebody that either guides them with ex- by example or guides them with a voice. Now, Selwood did both. And I think that's what made him such a good captain. If we look at Geelong there, danger is the instant person. But you also got to take into account where the Cats think they're going to finish next year. You know, if they think they're all right, we're going to roll on and we're going to, we're going to go again. There's none of this rebuild stuff. We're going again. Well, they don't then do that, Geelong. You don't pick the, a guy if it's going to be three or four years or you don't pick a kid. You mm. pick the guy that's going to give you the now. So if, who in the Cats is going to give you the now? Yeah, fair comment. I, I could follow that theory in the cat side that do, do go for age and, and they don't rebuild. They don't look like they're going to rebuild next year. At this stage, there's only I don't think one. the cats will ever rebuild. I reckon they've gone Sydney off Sydney the do theory. a bit the same. Like you say, there's a lot of young kids in Sydney. Sydney don't have to do, go for draft picks because they get, them f- they get the academy kids for free. So let's leave Sydney out of that conversation. Mm. Look at another club like a St Kilda or those sort of ones that are attempting to rebuild but just don't know how to do it. Uh, that's there. Essendon, have, I think, have done a good job of rebuilding with the young list, and well, we'll see what they, how they go. They jump subject. They, they have of course, that's what we do that here. Yeah, they have nominated a coach. <laughs> we will. We'll come back to well, that. I think we'll go to all sponsors. Break. Come back and talk about that. And talk that. So, grand final, basically done and dusted, boys. Uh, are, are we happy with the final series as a whole? And are you happy with the Cats? being the victors. There was only two dud games in the whole series. The rest of them were nail biters. I thought it was one of the best final series I've ever seen. As in the grand final, again, did you know that the average winning margin in the last 10 years in grand finals is over 40 points? And now we're 10 years on. The 10th year before was a 10-point win. So we're now after this year, we're going to jump up to a full average losing margin or winning margin is going to be 48 points. Most. Average. It means that there's a lot of uh, grand finals in people's heads being played the week before at prelim day. It does. It really does make... I'd make be, be interest. interested then to look back further, and I know research isn't your thing and we don't have another show, but I wonder how many of those that got flogged had a really tough prelim versus the other team that had a, a bit of an easy prelim. 
interesting ask. You know, like exactly as we're talking with one team really had a battle to get there and the other team free. I wonder how many of those over the 10 years that got mm. through had an easy game the week before. Mm, wonder, yeah, but it, that's a high margin for an average. Yeah, I look, the best team won. They were the best mm. team all year, Geelong. I actually think that Sydney were... Uh, were worthy of their spot in the grand final. I think that they were the second best team all year, even though that Melbourne finished second in the home and away season. I think that Sydney and Geelong were the two best teams and Geelong proved that they were the best team overall. All right, well, let's jump to a sponsors break. On the other side of the sponsors break, we will break into some news and then some trade talk and we'll talk a little bit about some of the teams and where we think they're going to go next season. But a grand final has been done and dusted and well done to the Cats. Pat and Tina's BP service station, North Shepparton, has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile, the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet, and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. One of them sponsor. and it's a cat's day here on the AFL opening bounce as we celebrate them winning the grand final but there is other news floating around the AFL. It's a big, interesting time of, uh, as we get into teams chasing coaches, other teams chasing players, uh, lots of talk that we've heard happen over the, the last period. Will it come to, to play or will it not? But let's go coaching first, Stats. Tell me some big coaching news. Yeah, we've had a big news in the last 24 hours. Essendon have got their man, former North Melbourne coach and Brisbane Lion Premiership player Brad Scott. Uh, well, uh, what do you think, boys? Uh, good move, bad move? There's uh, David King in particular has come out and had some things to say about it today. Well, I think it's a good move. Uh, what Essendon need is a, a coach that's confident in himself, confident in what he's done in the past. And I like people are bagging Scott in saying that he didn't do much at North. I, I, think, it's, I think he did very well at North. He got into... Sure, his top position at the end was sixth at the end of a home and away ga- series. He got into how many preliminary finals? Uh, two, pre- two prelims, yep. yes. but he never got into the top four at a home and away. They no. both came from outside the top so, four to get into them right, prelims. But let's look at the list he had there. Everybody has said there, there was no stars in it. His list was substandard, and he got it to two preliminary finals. So, I think Essendon's list is much better than anything North has had. 211 games he coached for, 106 wins and 105 losses. So 50-50 as close as you can possibly get. His finals result was included in that is 4-4. Four and four. And like you said, two prelims, two qualifying finals. Um, and fi- if the worst he actually finished, and th- this is a pretty good thing to look at. And you talk about the list being a bit average. His worst finishing spot was ninth. From North Melbourne in ten years, ten years of coaching. That's so not bad. T- so you know he, he didn't. There was no going for wooden spoon for him. It was uh, simply a matter of 
okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to do the best I can with the list that I've got, and I'll try and coach them and probably whack them with a spoon in the meantime. There's a couple of things I think are in the positive that Essendon have got right with this. Is Number one, he's come from outside of Essendon. That's good. I, I like think that. that's a great tick. I yep. think it, so he's not involved in any of the politics or the dramas or being involved with famous names of families and stuff like that. Yep. He can come in and do what he needs to do without any emotion and do it purely what's best for the Essendon Football Club. The second thing I like about him is he's a premiership player, and premiership players, of course, he was at the Lions One, in the early noughties. Yeah. Premiership players have a good record to go on and coach premiership teams. He, yeah. like, obviously, yeah, you say being, being on the outside, Sheedy was um, at post today saying that he... He was the one, it was 6-1 uh, was the vote direction and he was the one and wanted to make it known that he'd voted for James Hurd. So Sheedy wanted Hurd in there. And, and I, look, I just I could, can't have that. I it, could have had that. I, I could have that. I think Hurd was a good coach. I think he, he made mistakes. But everybody in life makes mistakes and you are entitled to restart your life again. Look, and he the, has. The, the thing is, Sydney, I think he'll coach again. I just don't think going back to Essendon exactly. was not only not good for Essendon, but not good for him. It I, don't, I don't honestly don't think he'll coach again. I don't think. No, I don't think he will. I think this was a... It, it was his last shot, but... If, if he's he, ever going to coach again, he has to go back and be an assistant for two or three years again and rebuild his resume because over the last couple of years that's dropped away. He could have stepped it back into Essendon because they, he coached there before and they knew what he could do. Yes, he but was overlooked. if he'd stepped in, then it would have brought straight back up all the history. Like and you, you know said, what, you know what the media's it, like? It, the media, as soon as they started losing games, look, they would bring it all up about the, and the media just go it back. It all started They're again. like Pavlov's dog, the media. They just love being all over their own vomit and rehashing stories and rehashing <laughs> stories. And that's what I'm saying. I think for the individual that is James Hurd and for the footy club, this is a clean break. Uh, you, yeah, you're I, right. I think you're right. But I, I do like um, Scott as a coach. I think he's going to be fine for Essendon. And, and Essendon I don't like that. And he, I would rather Essendon He had fail. nothing to do with that particular <laughs> saga. So the media just can't sort of rehash all their stories to make themselves relevant. And, and if you look at and what... And they the, can go forward. With uh, another certain story out there, the media don't care who they're bagging in the story. They, they get sniff of anything or a chance to run with anything. They're just doing it at the moment and they're doing it free reign. And, and, and it, perfect, this would have come back. Perfect example to go he's re-signed. We'll talk about that a little later. Then we get like Damien Barrett coming out. Well, he's got the right not to sign over that certain clause. Now, six months ago, they were all carrying on about his behaviour. And now, and, they're, and now they're carrying on because Collingwood tried to implement a clause. Now, I don't think that was the right thing on Collingwood's part anyway. But we'll, Why wasn't we'll, it? We'll talk about that a little later. All right. We'll talk about that a little uh, right, later. So, so we're talking about Brad Scott. Let's zip through Brad what Scott I'm trying then. To say, what I'm trying to say is that... It's a fresh start. It's a fresh start. And now I don't know what I was trying to say. I've sort of lost my core a little bit. Um, We've seen that with you a few times over the years. Yeah, stats. what was I saying, Sydney? <laughs> you were just having a go at, at the fact that you, you were talking about in there eating vomit was just going back over it. Yeah, and, 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 and having wasn't heard there, they would have just rehashed story after story after story. And you know what? In the end, it would have made it untenable anyway. Yeah. And I Brad Scott's got no link to it. it yeah. They've got a young list that has potential. Um, I like seeing Essendon at the bottom of the ladder. It's probably my favourite thing of all bits of, of AFL. But I don't see that now. I almost put them as a tick now and put them in the top eight for next year. No. Straight up. 
Oh, their list is good enough with the right leadership to do the it. The defence has got major holes in it. Well, let's look at his record. His record says that he's not going to go below ninth, so he's only got to go one above that and he's in finals. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, his record says he's going to be thereabouts. And also, you've always got two sides that traditionally come out of the top eight from season on season and two sides outside the top eight that usually get in, if not three. Yes, so what are the against having Scott's stats? Have you got any that are against him taking the job? Look, only the record at North Melbourne in the sense that they didn't get into a top four at the home and away, and it's only really, I know you say nine, but it's only a 50% win rate. Yes. And I, I just... Yeah, but in I'm amazed, that, though, that he could have a 50% win rate and never be below ninth. In saying that, I think he would have learnt a lot in 10 years coaching North Melbourne. Sure. Absolutely. Look, there is a big positive of this. Uh-huh. Brad Scott spent his year, what, improving the AFL's rules, or was he on the tribunal committee? No. Which one, which one did he jump on to? Well, he didn't do a very good job of that. That's my point. This is the positive. He's not there anymore because <laughs> yeah. he did a t- he did a terrible job of both. Whichever one of those two he was on, I can't remember now. Well, but whoever takes both his fails. job has to, go, has to toss the whole, as I've said in the past, they have to toss the whole tribunal system out and start again. Rework it. Redefine the He was the, the league's laws. general manager of football. That, that that was, so he was the rule changer guy. Yeah. yeah. And he, and that's right. And we what did we get with the rules? Don't look at an umpire. Um, don't do what I did when I played. Don't step off the mark. All this rubbish. Yep. Absolute so he, I'm sorry, but he, he failed in that job miserably. So good. Get him back in coaching. <laughs> that might help us there. <laughs> Let's move on then to talk about some trades that we that obviously trade week starts on Monday. Um, so anything that happens now is just paperwork sitting in the folder uh, waiting to go. The one's been done. Amon is going but, uh, to Hawthorne. And the we know what's going to happen, but they're not official yet. So Amon's going to Hawthorne for On what? A four-year deal for 600 grand a year. And what do uh, Port get? They will get it is a free agency, so they will get a second-round draft pick after their second round. Their uh, only round. a second round? Yeah, he's only won 600 grand. He's not – and he's – so I thought he a, had a good season. I, I, he, he, I he was their seen top Brownlow medal. Vote well, in winner. my notes, he's a free agent, so it's not going to cost Hawthorne. No, no, no. They, no, no, they get a compens- Port get a compensation pick. A second, they'll get a second round compensation pick after their whatever their second round would be. They will get. They'll next. be arguing the AFL for it to be a first round. No, it's already decided. They don't have an argument. It's already decided. Oh well, then they got gypped. <laughs> then they got gypped. And mixed stay or Dugowie, let's go on to Dugowie then. Uh, Dugowie got obviously offered, been offered contracts, had them removed, did some silly things or normal things, and now got back to the table. He used St Kilda as a springboard, exactly like you said, Bridges. I don't think he was ever intending on really going to St Kilda. I think he I was think just... So. Would you wanted him? You're St Kilda supporters. Would Look, you want the going? I would have happily taken him because he's a, a big-bodied midfielder that St Kilda don't have. And he's not another guy that's under six foot called Jack, which, of course, Saints are looking at, at draft, <laughs> signing at the moment from Gold Coast. Another and they Jack. should sign Jack Bowes. We'll get on to him in a second. So, yes, I would have had him. But if I was to go, and I'm sitting there looking at Collingwood's list that fell one second short of making a grand final ball by getting one kick, or do I go to St Kilda that don't have a clue how to draft players and uh, uh, got a permanent ninth to 11th written on their name, where am I going to win a flag? I'm at his age, 
you know, you'd have to be thinking in your own mind, where am I going to win a flag? And if you pick between the two, I hate to say it, but Collingwood have got more chance of winning a flag than St Kilda do next year or the year after. I I think he's, he was happy enough there. He just did step over the line a couple of times last year. And I think Collingwood well within their rights to have a clause. And the clause says... If he they're, makes they're well any mistakes, yes. well within their rights. But if he's he got makes the right any mistakes in the t- first in the that. first two years of his contract, then his next three years are null and void. That's so, the clause. So that's it's a five-year deal with with two guaranteed based on um, him, perfor- him the not stupidity in rule. Yep. And if he performs right in those first two years, the second three become automatic. Uh, what? But what were they? Uh, do you have any idea what they were asking for in that? that they, but they, what, why do you need even a behavioural clause when the AFL's got their own player code of conduct? Because he's he's lived through the AFL code of conduct and got into huge trouble in America. And he but you still the, you still got a player code of conduct. Yes, but it's not being applied as Colling, enough for Collingwood. Collingwood have taken too much flack over what he's done for this year and previous years. But the code of conduct doesn't, doesn't penalise any players. They say you're not to yes, do this. Yes, it does. It do holds them to account. How? No, it doesn't. didn't hold to go into account. He didn't well, get... it, well, it did. He got suspended and everything. He, no, he for... did. He got suspended sent. He got suspended fine as well. Suspended so, fines and even a ten thousand dollar fine to an AFL player earning well, well, eight hundred grand doesn't make any difference at all. Nearly twice in the last two years, he's lost his career. Yeah, that's why they put the thing in. Is that they want to know that if they're going to put this well, money that, into that's him, that's due to the AFL players' code of conduct. Yes, but the, Collingwood want more than that. Collingwood want him to know that he is signing a piece of paper saying he is not going to step out of line. And if if Goey's a smart man, then he's got to make the decision before he signed that piece of paper. Well, well, if, well, it's debatable. But if he's a smart man, he's just, all right, I know I'm signing this. It's worth, um, how do we we know how much? About 800 grand a year. Okay, it's worth 800 grand a year for me to pull my head in just a little bit. uh, am I am I smart enough to do that? Yes, I am. I sign. No, I'm not. I can't sign it. Right. And I think that that's what it comes down to is this gives him accountability that he's then saying to Collingwood, I am accountable for my actions and I will give you guys my best. But the thing is, how long's a piece of string? I mean, what if Collingwood just said he gets a speeding ticket and all of a sudden that's enough? Well, that could be. That's why I asked what was in that that contract and obviously the first version was not acceptable because he refused to sign that i would say he said look i am allowed to go to you know just i'm allowed to go to x place and do this and that's okay take that out i would say would have in there any drunken disorderly um any inappropriate behavior any fighting any of those things would be part of the contract no, but it obviously would have been altered because now but, he's agreed to sign But they don't it. need that because that's already in a player code of conduct. But that doesn't that? allow them to cancel his contract straight away. This does. So this is Collingwood not they, getting... They could, they could just tear it up straight away anyway, just a hint of it. Uh, no, they can't, probably. They don't, they don't need a clause to do that. They've still got to be... No, he's got to be found guilty of it. He's got to be go through the courts to be guilty of something. So what he did in Bali... He didn't get in any trouble through the courts or anything for what he did over there. They've got no right to, to suspend him for that. So, But now they can. 
I'm not arguing with you. Okay, so now um, what I'm saying is this is Collingwood's way of going, we're not stuck with 800K, and after two years we realise it's untenable and we're going to have to do what we've done with Trelaw and everybody else and ship him off somewhere else and pay half his salary. Collingwood are just protecting that last three years to make sure I, they're not doing it. I think it's a syndrome of... Well, it goes to a bigger question. What right have clubs got to insist that players... Um, how they act in their personal space and lives, because they're 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 people that are out in the community, yes, but they're also up on a pedestal, and if the public see them doing something wrong, it is a bad influence on public to do, see that, and the public then think, well, it's okay, Jordan, to go, we can do it. I can go and get blind and feel somebody up or whatever else. That's not that is not what the AFL or the clubs want put about their their. Attitudes to life Look, and women. At the end of the day, they say there's a behavioural contract in it, but I'll bet if you read almost any of those contracts that an AFL player signs, they'll all have of a course, ver- they'll all they have would. a version of it. Of course, they would. I think this is back to your media um, eating its own vomit and just made a big big stink about the fact that there was probably a two line clause in there that said you can't do this. It probably wasn't that much different to a normal contract. But anyway, Collingwood got their man. Let's move on from it because we'll talk all day. They got their man. They signed him. Was it the right call? Like player-wise for their list? I think it was. I think he can play. He's not a consistent player. He's no danger field. He's He's not that style of player. When he influences a game, he influences it big for short minutes. But it can be game-changing and game-winning for Collingwood. And I think you need that type of player on your list. You cannot rely on him, no. But the day that he's on, you'll win that day. All right. And if it happens to be get you to a grand final and you win it, uh, well Are done. you happy to have him there, stats, and chew up a, a big chunk of your salary cap? I was happy either way. If he went, he went. If he stayed, he stayed. I'm... Either all on it. So you just got to crush the fence. You're not going to fall either side. No, no, I'm I'm happy that he stayed ultimately. But okay. like I would have been just happy to see him go. Right. Uh, give us some other trade news then. Talk about Jack Bowes. What's the what's the latest on Jack Bowes? So this is a, an interesting one, and th- this is I'm not sure why any club would not be jumping at the bit for this because Jack Bowes is a reasonable player. He's being former been, pick ten in the draft. Uh, and he's Cut been back. He's uh, you know, was good before an injury. Uh, How tall is he? Stats? I'm not sure, but he's a 24 year old. Okay, I can um, tell you that. So he's, he's been linked to Geelong. He's been linked to St Kilda as well. Look, and I'm, I'll be cross if Saints don't take up the option. All right, we've been using players at halfback. We have J- Jack Sinclair, who's a good halfback. The other halfback we have, we've sold is, him. Well, he's, he's, been he's long. a clunker anyway. Hill Hill was a clunker anyway Um, And so is the other guy we've been playing there as well Hunter Clark Hunter Clark, he's another clunker We'd be happy to get rid of those The thing with Bows is is They're saying to other clubs You take Bows Take his contract Take up his million dollar contract Which is 500,000 a year Alright But we'll give you pick seven as well I know, I'm I'm jumping at that Like well Pick pick seven. seven And you're only paying him 500 grand. So any club that's got a spare 500 grand a year over the next two years should be going, hey, I mean, I want him, I want him, I, I want, want him. I want him and, I've got, and then I'm going to get a young kid pick seven as well. Or you can sell pick seven for, for something pretty high. Yep. And not, not, and not only that, I think he was a good player. At this last year he wasn't. He was injured for two-thirds of the year. And then when he came back, 
it, the Suns were playing all right and he found it hard to break into that team. Fair enough, injuries can cause that. But the year before, he was in their top five players. He can play. He's a high draft pick and you're getting him for not much. I think Big he's... 10, yeah. Yeah, I, I think. And he's only 24. It's not like he's 28 or 29. He's 24. He's got his best football ahead of him. And what do we need at St Kilda? We need run and dash and a decent kick. He fills all of those ticks. Okay. Um, so, well, it'll be interesting to see where he does fall. And I, I hope St Kilda do, do something this trade period. The, the, they've got a list that's on the edge of finals. So it's, either, it's not good enough. So you, you've got to go one way or the other. You've either got to move off some stars and pick up more kids and go back to the, the rookie bit or bring in some talent that actually does its job. I'm wondering why they aren't going after Grundy. Like, Well, Grundy deal's done. Well, in theory, it's not written it, on paper. It yet, is. I saw it the other day. Well, what, but why didn't they chase him before then? We need another Ruckman. Because Marshall's not a, a first ruck. Now, if Grundy is free and available, and Collingwood are going to be silly enough to pay 300 grand of his contract, and you're going to cut him 200 grand too, it means you're going to get him 500 grand off. And he's a, he's a decent player. He's a good ruckman, and he's good around the ball. You, you know, I think he'd be great. Not only that I'm wondering why the dogs haven't chased him as well. The dogs desperately need another ruck. Why haven't, why haven't the clubs chased him, or has it just been over and done with three months ago? Well, maybe the dogs are busy t- chasing after Liam Jones. Well, and I think that's a dud idea anyway. Do you? Oh, well, it might be okay for a year. He never played AFL last year. He's, he's a fullback. He's 31 years old, old already. Got the most okay. intercepts in the competition in 2021. Yeah, sure. That's two years ago. It'll be two years at least since he plays again, and you're give, offering him a three-year or four-year contract. That doesn't make sense. Um, so Well, they need a defender. Well, go ahead and buy one. Well, that's what they're trying to do, Liam Jones. They don't have to buy him. They're getting him for nothing. They need something more than Liam Jones in their defence, really. They, yeah, that's my point. And, and Got to start somewhere. They, they do, but oh, look, I think if you look at the Bulldogs, they, they've just got a... They're a hard team to look at because they've got some very good youth that hasn't quite come on yet in Darcy and Jamari Yukohagan. So those two top up, and I think if Darcy ends up as in the back line there, um, that's a, a big backman that's just got to maybe build a bit of muscle, and then he could be next year's Tom, uh, Sam DeConig. Could be. He's, he and, looks and like would, a good player. And he can take a mark. And I think, honestly, now your backman, he's got to be near 2 metres 10 tall. He's got to have long, lengthy arms, he, and he's got to be very, very tall. Because who's he going up against? Max King. Max King. Ben, ben King. King. Uh, someone the size of Charlie Kernow who's not... Not, a, not tall, not, but solid. But, yeah, but he's still, he actually is still quite tall. He's only six, two, six, three. Yeah, he's still tall enough to do his but, job, but... Um, You've got others, two meter Peter, um, McDonald. Ke- is it McDonald? Whatever at um, Carlton, the other forward, Mackay. Mackay. He, he's he's, two he's tall. tall. Yep. So if you're not a two meter tall or two meter plus tall key defender, and you don't have at least one of those, you're in trouble. And and, and you're going to struggled in the grand final because of that one of that very reason. And the backmen weren't big enough. And Geelong had the guy who could deal with them at that height. So they'll go through. So, uh, What other ones are these? Uh, well, Dunkley's an interesting one. Uh, what's the latest with Dunkley? Obviously, he's nominated Brisbane, but Brisbane have nothing to buy him with. 
Yeah, well, that's where. Well, that's the only link I can make. Is Dunkley is going to Brisbane? I tell you, if I, if I was in Kilda, I'm have, finding a way to to try. But and what have Dunkley. Brisbane got to offer him? That's my. Well, question. where does he fit in the list? Is he uh, a restricted free agent? Is he because he's out of contract, he's only isn't he? Twenty five. He, he, no, he, he can't be. He might be a restricted free agent, but he's not a, a free agent. Yeah, but he he's but, just out of contract and wants to leave. That's right. So if he's out of contract, then in the end, the, the, if he says I'm not signing at the Dogs, no matter what, they've got to take whatever they can get for him, or he goes into the draft. Yeah, but the Dogs could stand up and say, well, you know, that's how it's got to be because he's not a free agent or whatever. I'm sure he's just out of contract and wants to leave, same as he did last year when he wanted to go to Essendon. The Dogs said, well, we want this, this, and this. Or we're not letting you go. Yeah, but then they had one more year left on the contract. Yeah, but now, now they don't have that. Sure, but they can still demand what they can. Yeah, they can, the dogs, I, I believe, will, will at least want a first round. A pick decent for him. first round, yeah. not a pick eighteen or. 20. The reality is, I, I would want two first round picks for, to give up Dunkley. I would. I, I agree. He was their leading Brownlow Medal person. He won their best and fairest. Uh, I think he won the best and fairest. He did. Yep, uh, and. And he's doing that, not being allowed in the midfield. So if he went to Brisbane and he jumped in their midfield, then he all of a sudden is a, a Brownlow medal contender. Yeah, well, because you know, when you've got the likes of Zorko and Lyons who are both pushing or over 30 plus. Zorko's signed a one-year as deal. Well, as well, like, uh, and Dunkley's only 25 years of age, like you boys said a little earlier. Like, yeah, well, you know... I mean, if I was Brisbane, I'd be all over to try and so get it. So Brisbane's him. first just, pick this year would be what pick? It's going to end up pick 18 to 20. Yeah, something, something like that. Probably 21 or two before they get their first pick because of father, sons and all this sort of rubbish. So that that's not going to win Dunkley, pick 21, 22. That's not going to get Dunkley. They've got to find better than that. They're not going to get anything for McStay. McStay going to Collingwood is, is an uncontracted player, so they will get a second, maybe a third round pick for him. That's I've got all. my concerns on that too, just quietly. Whether he's good to go to Collingwood. Yeah, I look, I know he's lived in the shadow of other key forwards like Hipwood and Danaher and the likes up there a little bit, but he's only kicked 30 goals once in a season. And I, look, I know Collingwood are crying out for a, a key forward and... My check does a lot of the work as that key forward. He's not really a key forward. He's more a hit-up, centre-half yeah. forward type of player. And maybe he might do better at Collingwood or do well at Collingwood, but I'm not... Yeah, I I sort of... I've got my concerns around him, to be honest. I've followed him over the last couple of years because I happen to have him in my super coach team, and that goes on for years, so you've stuck with him. And... At times you think he's had he's played well here, and then the next couple of weeks he doesn't. He's very inconsistent. The two things I can say about him is he can take a mark, and he's a good kick at goal. They're the two best advantages he have. He doesn't get a lot of the ball. That's the big problem. So I'm not sure that he's a great fall, a great catch for Collingwood, but you're not giving up much for him anyway. So you know he, he can sit around in the twos. You've done that before. Well, he's never kicked 30 goals in a season. I think he might have done it once. I've got me notes here that he's never kicked 30 goals in a season. And yeah, I. He's only. I know, 20, I know we need a key forward, but what is he? 25, 26, or something? Yeah, something like that. And it, this year he was pretty fair. This year uh, he, he had one of his better years this year and did miss a few games through injury. So. You know, he might still be coming into his own. He's a big forward. They take him all years. 
You see, my worry with McStay now coming to Collingwood is Oliver Henry could leave. Well, that's already happening. I'm just thought I haven't got the piece of paper there. I I saw it during the week. It was the Grundy trade broken down. Um, do you have that? Have you seen that um, trade window part? No, I haven't. All I all I know is that McStay's likely to end out at Collingwood, and Oliver Henry's weighing up his options and could go back to. Well, he could go to Geelong with his brother Jack. So Geelong are going to give up a. a their first round draft pick. What a surprise! Um, they'll get Oliver Henry. Uh, he will him and the, the uh, he'll go. So Oliver Henry will go to there. Collingwood get the first round draft pick. Uh, they could even be giving up. S- Melbourne have got their. F- um, it's really confusing. So Grundy goes to Melbourne, and Luke Jackson goes to Fremantle. Free- Fremantle give up two first round draft picks. Which they haven't got at the moment. Well, they have to give this year. This year and next year. year's. Um, Collingwood then end up with basically uh, McStay. I, I think it's, they end up with a player and they end up with a... With a Farini. Is it Farini from Suns that has come to Collingwood as well? No, I wish I could I'd saved it. I, it all broke it down. It was all nice. And I thought, yeah, it's good. And I can't find it for the show. So mm. I'm sorry. But who else is up it, for it's quite, Has Brad Hill gone anywhere yet? I haven't got Brad Hill written down for anything at this stage. Look, this is where the the issue in the media causing the trouble with Clarko not getting to North could um, derail that one because the word earlier was that Clarko wanted him. Well, Clarko's not coaching at the moment. So who's running the ship at North Melbourne? Well, it sounds like Noble's back there helping out now. Okay. The, the, the coach to halfway through the year, I believe he's back giving him a hand. So, so it, it, it would, it's going to be hard for them because right now is where they, their next direction comes from and they're about to miss their window of, of doing yeah, all of that. Because what normally happens is the draft team come in and they say, look, we've got draft pick number nine and whatever else, and these are the five kids that we think will fit around there. That one's gone, that one's there. Well, this one here and whatever else. Then they say, well, right, this is the best guy at pick nine to have, and the coach either says yes or no. It comes down to what that coach a lot of the time is which one are the two or three that are left at that point. So without them having a coach, it makes it very difficult for North to do their drafting, I think. Essendon now have got a coach in there, so that'll help Essendon. Uh, okay. The Giants have got a coach. I think that's a good coach for Giants. Isaac Rankin going to go to the Crows for their first round draft pick. Yeah, I think that... Are they happen. overpaying for him? Yes. Yeah, by a long way. Oh, see, I'm not sure. He, he had He's had an injury history, but he's really... In some games, he has totally lit it up and played that small forward role to a T. Yeah. And yeah. what are they missing? They're missing... They've lost Stengel. They've lost Eddie Betts. Yeah, but they picked up Joshua Shelley. Yes. Who's a, who's a, who's a gun. Add Rankin beside him... And our small forwards are done. They've got tall forwards that are now doing the job in... Fogarty. Fogarty, uh, Philthorpe, and there's one more. A plus No, plus Tex. There's another young bloke well, see, that's Phil there. Philthorpe's not, not showing anything up to date. He had a very poor season this year. He, he, he played maybe five or six games, that's all. He, he was very poor in those games as well. And Fogarty has been a dud up until the last few weeks, and he finally found a bit of form to save his career. So I, I think Crows needed big forwards, not small forwards. And they've given up the world to get a small forward. 
I think the one smelling like roses at the moment could be Richmond. Looks like Tim Tarano from GWS and Jacob Hopper from GWS will both be Tigers in 2023. And when you add to that the midfield of Bolton, Prestia, of course, uh, Dusty, Cotchen, Short, Baker. Wow, all of a sudden Richmond are back in town. None of them. The only one I'd really class with more with enough talent there is um, the little bloke who was terrific this year. What was you called his name out there? Bolton. No, yeah, Bolton. I think Bolton's a classic. He's a he's a ripper. But Presti some of the goes others, all right. He goes okay, but he has no speed. He has no no change of pace. He's a plotter, and so are the others. And that that has been the, one of the problems at Richmond over the last couple of years is they don't win the midfield. Once they get the ball, yes, they 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 play very well, but they don't win out of the mid out of the ball in the middle. So the deal with Grundy is Collingwood are going to cough another three hundred k stats to pay to somebody else to take their players yet again. So you're still paying the Bulldogs for Trelaw. Only one year left of that, so they'll get out of that. That one, and they got uh, what Grundy signed a seven year deal, was it? And he's yeah, probably two years. into it, maybe yeah, something like that. So for the next five years, you get so you're going to cough up one and a half million dollars again. You guys need to learn how to sign a player properly, I think. I think you really need to um, reassess Gee, really? We were one point off a grand final, and you blokes didn't even make the final. And so the I guy would, you're paying... I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't say that... Your uh, highest paid total, player... Total unsuccess on the season. And your highest paid player chose not to play football. Well, one point off a grand final, and you blokes didn't even make no, no, the no, final. Where, where were your last year stats? Hey, 17th. 17th? Oh, yeah. where was St Kilda last year? When was year? the last time you played finals? Oh, two years ago. Hmm. And was you your got... last premiership, 1966? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, the goal umpires have got more flags than you blokes. Oh, that's probably true. Two. But we're not This is not what we're, we're talking about. I'm not talking about your on-field performance. Your on-field performance this year for Collingwood was out yeah, of the park. out of the box. That was, and that was very, very good. But your off-field, over the last 10 years, you guys have like keeping away like 5% at least of your salary cap to pay people on other lists. You paid Phil Davis for however long. As soon as you finish with him, you're like, um, who else do we move on to? Now you've got two going at two different clubs. You're overpaying them or choose when you're signing them that you're not going to keep the to guy go, for that time. end up falling into that category? No, to go is that's why the clause is there. Oh, Save him oh. for that. But if, he's, if he doesn't perform well after two years, they can trade him then. And have to pay a few grand. Pay, pay to it then, yes. But to go, he's probably got the five years in him, I think. Uh, but I, I just it's a concern when a club's continually having to pay people. They're, they're just signing these guys to, to try and keep them. But then a year later, no, nah, I don't want him anymore. Mm. Why sign him in the first place? Why not let him go last year? Is Jackson going to get to Frio? Yes. Yes, I believe what so. What a free go- Where do This they get year the- and next year's first round draft I- pick, and they're giving up a player. Can't remember the player's name at the moment. Um, might be Clark. Uh, no, no. no Clark. They're, they're giving up a, two picks and a player. Uh, Melbourne get uh, Grundy. Collingwood get uh, the player and a first round pick. And then the Cats get mixed involved in with that as well. And the Cats gain Oliver Henry and give a pick, first a first-round pick to Collingwood. So, so Collingwood's going to get to Carlton? Akers is going to get to Carlton. Um, uh, how you fit Akers into that salary cap, I have no idea, because he's going to have to cost you, what, five, six hundred? Well, they've got Akers of money. 
They've obviously got acres of money and they've got an acres of salary cap that others don't have. There's just no way you can fit that in your salary cap. I'd like to look at the books of there. I really would. <laughs> they've got to be paying big money to Kurnow and McCoy See, I think when you look at the books, Bridges, you get to go paying. You're only paying him that much? How can you only be paying him that much? Mm. And then we get the question asked of what is his bank account getting from elsewhere? Uh, I think good. Melbourne, you would think Carlton, they got burnt badly the last time they did that. Well, what other trades are there fit. out there, Stats? Tanner Bruin of GWS could be off to Geelong. Yeah, he was a Geelong boy originally, wasn't he? I think he played his junior football down there. Um, are they getting much there, though? He was a high enough draft pick, but he hasn't really performed well. Yeah, in 30 games in two years, he's only gotten 20 disposals or more twice, I believe. Yeah, so I don't think that's a great catch. All right, let's jump to a sponsor's break, and we've got... About 10 minutes left of the AFL Opening Bounce for 2022. You're listening to the AFL Opening Bounce brought to you by Patentina's BP service station up the north end of Shepparton. Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Pat and Tina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. And welcome back to the last eight minutes of the AFL opening bounce, or seven minutes now as it ticks down. Uh, big thank you to the messages coming in with people thanking us for a, a year of a great year of football, and they love our banter, boys. Um, <laughs> they arguing your banter. <laughs> uh, well, you could look at it either way. I'm not sure that they think that we're any smarter than we think we are, but no. they've enjoyed listening to us on air. So We're definitely not any smarter. Uh, look, with a few minutes left, let's just cycle very quickly through the AFL clubs. We'll give them a rating from A to D and where roughly you think they're going to finish on the ladder next year. North Melbourne? D. And I think they'll end up at about 18th again. F minus for me and a question mark on what's going on with Clarkson. (laughs) Right, so you're on negative 18. So they'll be 19th. Tasmania gets a free jump on them. Uh, I think about the same. Look, they're a total failure year, as low a ranking as we can get. And I can't see any improvement with no one steering the ship right now when they need it. Because who are you cutting? Who are, you, who are you dumping? Who are you doing? You know? uh, West Coast? I, I don't think they're going to get any better either. I, I think they're, they're down there and their list looks average. It's too old and I think they're going to end up a 17th to 18th again. And uh, D minus for me. I didn't rate them because of COVID-19. They were the worst side affected early on in the season. And I thought it was unfair to rate them on this year. So their Premier deserves the kick because that was the reason they uh, pen- were penalised so heavy. Uh, for me, I, I think that they had a fail year, definitely a D. Um, as far as next year, I think they will improve. I think that they've got injuries. Injuries are really going to guide their list. They've yeah, got an old list. It's, but t- it's a way old list and it's not a talent. So around that 12th mark, I've got them at GWS. E minus. <laughs> Lucky we only went down to D, boys. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> D minus as well, but I think they'll kick again next year. New coach, I think they're going to get back up to that ninth, 10th spot. Right. Um, Essendon. F minus. Yeah, very poor. Very poor season. Had a burst of five or six games there at the end where they come good. But next season, though. Next season. I don't think they'll, they'll be a bit better. I think they're going to be that mid-range again, 10th to 14th. Fail for me this year, but I believe they'll make the top eight next year. Uh, Adelaide. E. 14th for Adelaide. Like, we, we had a like, few of us had them at Wooden Spoon. 
Yeah, and I don't think they've improved any. I don't like their list. I don't like. Well, the they're at least rebuilt. four spots better. They're yeah, but I don't think they're going to improve much at all either. So about the same for Adelaide. Okay, Hawks, E plus. <laughs> I, no, I, I was more confident with Hawks. I thought they had some really good games. They had very good passages of play. They're going to go see, and I think they'll jump a little. I, bit. Li- I like how the Hawks uh, played the young kids. So I think that that's putting them in good stead. Yep. Trading Tom Mitchell out's the key to them uh, having about the same season, but being good the year after. Gold Coast. Twelfth, they ended yeah. up D minus. No, oh, you're a harsh, Marcus Statsman. I think there was a C plus. You know, they they were actually quite good. Ten and twelve, the they ended up. They've, they've carried through a season that I've next seen. season. Next year, they'll be a little better. Probably ninth. Uh, Port Adelaide. Well, who knows? They were bad this year, and and even when they were winning games, they weren't great. E plus based on the second half of the year. Mm. All right, where ne- they go next, next year, year? Stats. Oh. But bottom of the I four. think they might bounce back next year. Yeah. I think they might make the eight next year. Okay. Bottom of the eight. Uh, the Saints? E. Uh, yeah, E, I reckon. They were, they were poor. They had a bad... They were a great start to the year, and then they fell away. I, I have to give them the lowest ranking because of that. They had top four in their grasp. Yep. And, and, and in the end, they ended up 10th. And it was an injury. As it far was just as poor. next year, next year involves around right now. What they need to do is what St Kilda people do this. Go and find my brother Brock up in Queensland. Tell him it's trade week and bring him down to do your trades. And he'll be good. He yeah. will fleece the other 17 clubs, get everything that you need, and then you'll can be then you be fifth next year. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be 15th. Bottom of the eight. No, I was saying bottom of the eight. Uh, they'll, they'll go down if they don't trade good. Carlton. Ma- major fail because they were in the finals all year and then didn't make finals. Oh, no, I'm giving them a B. I thought they had a much better year yeah, than but they, they have had. Yeah, but they should have made yeah, finals. Yeah, they should have, but they, they, they're growing. Next year, they're, they're going to be They'll be in the finals year. next year. Bulldogs? D. Yeah, minus. D minus. They were very poor. Had a shocking year. Didn't look good anywhere. Richmond? D. Someone must uh, get past a D well, on your stats. Yeah, no, Richmond weren't too bad. I, I thought Richmond were B minus. Remember, were there. three or four rounds in, stats, you pulled um, Richmond out of your top eight and put St Kilda in. So, you know, they made seventh spot. Yeah, uh, and they're right. And, Richmond and they're, there again. they're bringing in some talent, so Richmond will be back there again. Brisbane? Uh, B minus. Yeah, B. I'm giving them a B plus. Actually, I think they were okay. They got through to the preliminary final, played the game the uh, week before, and failed miserably in the prelim. Getting Dunkley's the key to their next year. Um, yeah, Fremantle. Of the eight, I don't think they're going to be better. C plus Fremantle. I've got to give Fremantle an A. Uh, I think that they they've jumped up the ladder. They've shown us a game of football, and their young kids made the next I'm step. I'm going B plus. I thought they were yep. okay, and next year they'll be in the Similar. Uh Collingwood. B plus. A. All right, I'm I, I've a. got I to give them an A as well. I, I only reserve A for grand finals. <laughs> well, you had your theory. Yeah, I think but they're, they're coach of the year. From 17th, we knew they were diving for draft picks last year. That's all that was. And this year they played serious uh, football. Sydney? A minus based on the grand yep. final flogging. Uh, I, Otherwise it would have been I, an A, but I'll put the minus on <laughs> okay. uh, because of the margin in the grand okay. final. Okay, Melbourne? Melbourne, B plus. C minus. I'm going for a B plus because they were there second at the end of the year, but didn't go on. Just Next fell year they'll short. be at the bottom of the eight. They're not going to get any better, I don't think. Uh, and the premiers, A that plus, great, A plus. Right. And next year they're going to drop. We've a got 
40 seconds left. Uh, Cats will still be up there again. You can't you yeah, can't beat the old guys. Down to fourth. Down to fourth, but still make a prelim, still make a grand or a grand final. Um, book it in your books now. Boys, thank you very much for the year. I've thoroughly enjoyed our debates, our chatter, our bits and pieces that we go through. It, it's good to have you in. I hope you both consider coming back next year. Uh, if the station will have us back to, to do our, our rants and, and our bits and pieces. Um, it was a great year. And to all our listeners... Thank you very, very much. Your your support when we're out and about uh, really does come down well and for us. To John and, and that's right. Thanks to Patentina's BP, and I hope you're back with us as a sponsor next year. Signing out from the AFL opening bounce. Patentina's BP service station North Shepparton has been serving people living in and visiting our region for now more than 50 years. There's no other place you can still experience driveway service delivered with a smile the old-fashioned way. Supplier of BP Ultimate Fuels, they will wash your windows, check under your bonnet and even do your tyres while you wait. Next time you're filling up, do it at Patentina's BP service station. GV Highway, North Shepparton. 1FM sponsor. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.